You're listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. All right, welcome to a new episode. I really wish I could start with the Days of Our Lives music because this old Ben Simmons thing feels like a soap opera. We're going to jump into the latest news surrounding the former number one overall pick. Uh, Before we do any of that, don't forget to subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. Just under now, two weeks away from the opening of training camp. Lots to cover. We got some fresh news coming hot off the press. Uh, Joining me, probably pretty much been joining me the last couple of weeks, Paul Hendrick. Paul, um, how's it going over there? And and I kind of want to set the table for for this episode because we got a new report coming out from Tom Moore, uh, who works for the Bucks County Courier Times, basically saying, the Sixers expecting Ben Simmons to show up and play next season. Uh, they're they're fully kind of putting their eggs in that basket, basically thinking that, and, and this is from Tom Moore's reporting, the Sixers don't want to make a deal that would kind of drop them back in the pecking order, especially in the Eastern Conference. Um, when you're looking at this and, and you heard about this, Paul, what's your immediate reaction when, when you're seeing that the Sixers, Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, the rest of the brass, expecting Simmons to be at, at, at maybe not at camp, but at least showing up to, to play in the regular season? I'm not totally surprised. Uh, I, I'm not because it seems, I mean, from the people I've spoken to, it seems like the position of the team sort of hasn't changed. It's, we're not, you know, to kind of corroborate what Thomas saying, like, we're not going to make a trade that's going to hurt us. Uh, we're not going to make a trade that makes us not as good of a basketball team than if we were to keep Ben Simmons and be that basketball team. Um, this is a team that was the number one seed last year. Uh, and, you know, if Ben Simmons is here and they just basically run it back, but they've improved, you could argue, uh, certainly at the backup four with George Niang. Um, cert- and, you know, at the backup five, you could argue that Andre Drummond is an improvement over Dwight Howard. And then on top of that, you have young players like Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibel, um, who are, you know, it- gaining that experience and are going to look, you know, Matisse Thibel had a great stint at the Olympics with Team Australia. Tyrese Maxey looked excellent in two summer league games. So you have two young developing guys. But the point being, you know, they're, they think that they are still a championship caliber basketball team. And they are not going to sacrifice that by trading Ben Simmons for less than what they believe he is worth. Um, and so I think one thing that we that you and I, Jazz, have talked about, and I think other people have talked about, is the idea of kind of a step trade where it's, you know, you, you get a, you get whatever you get, um, you know, from another team, whether that's the Timberwolves, for example, you take back a, a Malik Beasley and a Patrick Beverly, and then you get a bunch of draft picks to go along with it. The idea being those draft picks put you perhaps in a position to trade for another player at another time. Um, for, I mean, from what, you know, what Tom's report says and what, from what I understand is that that's not really what they're looking for their look they if they are going to trade ben simmons they want to get a package that keeps them where they are that has them in the upper echelon of the eastern conference that has them you know challenging for that one seed to be a championship contender that's what they that's how they view themselves and it you know that lines up with what this organization what the expectations are as far as you have joel Embiid that we talked about many times in his prime, an MVP candidate, uh, he's trying to win a championship right now. You need to try to do that while he's in this window. And on top of that, you have an executive in Daryl Morey who we know his history. He wants to win. He is not looking for 
for a trade that's going to take make this team take a step back. He wants to take a step forward. So any Ben Simmons trade has to line up with that. They're, they're not going – it seems pretty clear now they're not going to take that step trade. They want a deal that's going to make them better, that's going to keep them, in their minds, a championship contender. Yeah, I'm with you on that because Daryl Morey wasn't brought in to – rebuild everything to tear it all down and, and fix some of the issues he was bought in to make the moves that are going to take the Sixers to the promised land. That's, that's why he was bought in. He was bought in to, to make this team into a championship perennial championship contender and hopefully get over the hump. Now I, I'm with you on that too, because you're in an interesting spot where you have a 27 year old Joel Embiid who still in the, in the prime of his, his career MVP candidate after last season, the hope is that he'll continue to play at that level for the foreseeable future, given that he signed through 26, 27. But when you're, when you're looking at this, and, and I think this is where I find it interesting because if you trade Ben Simmons for, like you mentioned, a step trade where it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to, you know, move back and, and maybe get some younger assets, hopefully stick around the, you know, the top five, six of the, of the conference where you're not in that play in range and, and, and you're at least maybe guaranteeing yourselves a shot at, at at least one playoff series where, Hey, you can go into the trade deadline and say, all right, there is another disgruntled star available who's going to move the needle. Let's try and fix this package. But on the flip side of that, and we've talked about this a ton, so I don't want to you know, jump into it too much, but you know, you don't know what's going to happen with Bradley Beal. You don't know what's going to happen with Damian Lillard. There could be another star player who, who is uh, disgruntled at some point and wants out of his current situation. But given what the Sixers have on the roster right now, trading Simmons and going backwards doesn't make any sense because then you're going to look at one of those situations where – you know, we saw happen with with Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Perhaps Joel Embiid becomes disgruntled two, three years down the line if they if they can't adequately replace Simmons and he wants out. You know, you're gonna, we've already heard rumors that Zion Williamson with the Pelicans already sick and tired of the fact that they're not building a team around him that's to his liking. He could potentially want out. Now, those guys were younger, you know, in their careers when when I'm talking about Zion and 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 AD that they were they were like, okay, you know, it's time for us to move on. So I think you don't want to get into that situation where you're perennially, perennially a number five or six seed. Now, get, let, let, let's get into the kind of the, the nitty gritty of what happens uh, if Simmons does, doesn't show up. Now, Bobby Marks uh, clarified this. He'll, he can get fined up to $227,000 a day for not showing up to camp. That'll equate to about $1.3 million if he sits out the entirety of, of, of the training camp. But again, as and Brian Windhorst noted, Simmons basically got paid his first check um, his first two checks, so half his salary is paid for a guy like him losing $1.3 million is a drop in the bucket. So you, you'll be fine with doing that. But if you look at the the, the longer term um, blowback of this all, and and it, when you look at this, Paul, from your angle, would it be, would it be salvageable? Like if, if Simmons does show up and, and he, you know, maybe his attitude's not right. Maybe him and Embiid have, have worked things out. Uh, who, you know, in terms of their own, if they have any personal animosity over, over what Embiid's comments were. But when you're looking at this, how do you see this playing out if Ben does report to the team? It's not going to be, you wouldn't think it's, it, it'll be pretty at first. I mean, how, how could it be um, with, with everything swirling around? But I will say, I'll say a couple things. One, I've always maintained that I thought the best thing for everybody is for Ben Simmons to show up. Um, to camp because I think that benefits the Sixers because it helps their leverage in, in any type of trade. Uh, the, the fact that he's willing to come and he's willing to play. I think it helps Ben for the same reason, because if they have that leverage, 
they're going to get a better package form and they're going to be more willing to trade him and to move on. Uh, and maybe it doesn't happen when Ben wants it to. Maybe it doesn't happen right away. Maybe it doesn't happen at camp. Maybe it doesn't happen in the middle of October. Maybe it happens closer to the trade deadline, but it's like an end justifies the mean things. And because the, the other thing is too, is this jazz, like if he doesn't show up to camp and the Sixers continue to play hardball and they say, okay, we're just going to find you. And that's what we're going to do. Like, is Ben Simmons really prepared to go into the regular season and not play games? He's 25 years old. This, this is his prime. Like this is, this is the time when he's really like, this is, these are his best years in the NBA. You're going to waste games and opportunities to play games for this. Like, and like, I, I get where to empathize a little bit with Ben Simmons, you know, his side of things, you know, yeah, his name was out there for for James Harden last year. That, that that was out there. That's a reality. His he was being dangled for James Harden this offseason. Clearly, they explored trades for him. They talked to other teams about Ben Simmons. There's no hiding about that. That's that's a reality. That that's what was there. So if you're Ben Simmons, I can understand. Man, maybe this organization really doesn't have a lot of confidence in me. Maybe they really don't want me here. So I empathize a little bit with his situation from that perspective. Like who wants to work for a company that doesn't want you as an employee? I I get that. At the same time, I think Ben Simmons has to understand the Sixer situation where they're coming from. And I really thought that was the case, you know, when at the draft, Rich Paul and, you know, and and Ben's camp met with the Sixers brass. I thought they were kind of all on the same page of like, all right, well, if we can find a good trade, something that benefits us and benefits you to get Ben Simmons a fresh start, we'll work on it. Um, and now clearly they're, you know, Ben Simmons campus is trying to force the Sixers hand a little bit with this one. So I, I still maintain, I think the best course of action for him is to show up, is to show up, play some games and it can only help um, only help his stock, which in turn would help the Sixers leverage and would help the Sixers get a better return which would then in turn get him out of Philadelphia quicker. Um, or perhaps, you know, you're, you're asking what it's, what, you know, what it would be like. I don't see, I, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm off base here, but from covering Ben Simmons for the last few years, I don't see him throwing basketballs at rookies or, you know, leading a bunch of third stringers in a scrimmage and then yelling at Daryl Morey and Josh Harris <laughs> at the Sixers practice. Like I don't see him, doing that i really don't i i mean would it be like him and doc rivers are gonna have to have a long talk like that's very clear like there is they're gonna have to clear the air and, and they're gonna have to get stuff off their chest um perhaps him and joel and beat same thing uh that might have to happen but it's not unprecedented right like it's not like this has never happened before where a guy is pissed off at a team is pissed off at his coach is pissed off at teammates and they make it work. Um, I always go back to the Allen Iverson thing from 2000 when he was going to be a Detroit Piston. Like, it was worked out. He, him and Larry Brown didn't like each other. Uh, Larry Brown worked it out with the Pistons. There was a trade. He was going to get traded. If not for Matt Geiger not refusing to waive his trade kicker, mm-hmm. Allen Iverson would have been a Detroit Piston. So these types of things, it, there, it's not like there is no historical precedence for this to happen. So uh, – would it be, it's not going to be hunky dory. It's not going to be pretty. Like they're going to have to air some stuff out, but I don't think it's an impossibility that he eventually shows up and that they try to work it out. Yeah. And then I think at this point, Daryl Morey's doing things right. And, you know, Byron Winders was on, on the podcast with me last week and, and we kind of discussed this, that 
you know, Maury's known for going after stars. He's not in this just to, you know, let's let's get, you know, f- uh, four draft picks and, and uh, you know, the pick, the pick swaps included in that and and try and see what we go to because again this is not a team the Sixers aren't a team that are that are you know just outside of a playoff contention and have a you know a 23 year old 24 year old MVP candidate in Joel Embiid where they're trying to you know build up to a winner and they need those assets they're already there they showed they can play with the best teams in the east last season throughout the regular season I mean obviously the playoffs was was a completely different story in that second round but they're in a, they're in the spot where yeah we can't really afford just to you know, take a take a deal for the sake of taking a deal, and then hoping that we can work this out because you know time isn't on their side in terms of they can, they don't have four or five years to wait and see to build this thing up. It's built to pretty much well uh, a point that it's going to be difficult to make meaningful changes given the assets that they have. And so when I when I'm looking at this, I think the Sixers are playing this right and basically saying, "Hey Ben, go ahead. You want to you want to sit out and wait." Uh, lose lose money again to him. One point three million dollars for sitting out camp. Not going to break the bank for him. He's okay now. If that was us, we'd been we would have been at work a week <laughs> early, right, Paul? That's the, that's where the difference comes in. But I will show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there every day with bells and whistles on. You know what I mean? But um, I think that when they're when you're looking at this, I think they're they're doing the right thing. Uh, take your time. Don't get strong armed into making a deal that isn't going to make your team better, right? And I think as much as we've talked about the the personal stance of what's happened between Simmons and the organization and, and including Doc Rivers and, and Joel into all that. I think we also have to look at what is the business side of it and what is the product going to be like? And I think from that stance, the Sixers brass is, is doing things right and saying, Hey man, you signed a four year deal. You want to sit out and wait, sit out and wait, go ahead. You know what I mean? We're going to wait till we get a trade that benefits our team and make and keeps us at least in the championship conversation, whether they're up there on the, on the same level as, as Brooklyn and Milwaukee, that that's a topic for another day. But as of right now, they're the, you know, the what we know with this roster, even with Simmons on hand, sure they're flawed, but I think they're clearly the, at least the number three or four team in the East. And again, that could change with some more moves during the season. So I think this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I want to ask you a couple more things, including the availability of a potential former all-star and We have a big announcement coming up about a new show coming to the network. We'll do that after a short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Paul. Get, getting back into the in, into the Simmons talk here. Uh, ultimately, you said you know if if things if he does show up to camp or he does show up to play, I mean, yeah, it's going to be weird, but ultimately it works out. I will ask you this. So before we kind of move on to to another topic, when you look at at how this is going to play out, if if hypothetically, let's say Simmons does does decide to show up before October twentieth, which is when the first game is, if he does show up, when do you ultimately think a trade will be made involving Simmons? It's such a tough call because I I tend to believe that the team really is really going to wait until they get what they want. And if they're not getting what they want, they're just going to hold. They're going to hold firm. And I think, you know, it's the day that that Keith Pompey report came out that Simmons had met with the brass and requested a trade. You and I did a pod that day. And I remember saying, like, 
I would not be surprised if Tara Mori plays chicken and says, okay, you're going to hold out, hold out. And I think he's prepared to do that. I think the organization is prepared to say, okay, hold out. Uh, we'll find you. And we're, we're not going to be bullied. We're not going to be rushed into making a deal that we don't think is fair. Um, so like, uh, like I'm not even kidding jazz when I say something can happen right now, as you and I are sitting here doing this podcast or maybe it happens closer to the trade deadline because they figure, you know, everyone, all parties figure the best bet is to play nice, at least for the time being, even if they hate each other's guts, uh, play nice, get through it and and try to figure it out closer to the trade deadline. Um, I, it, it's I think it's kind of anybody's guess at this point. I, I don't think anybody has really solid intel on when if it's going to happen. I mean, I. I still lean towards, I, I think it's going to happen. I, I think there's a more likely chance he is traded than he is not. But I, I don't think it's an impossibility to say that this thing could stretch out all the way to the trade deadline. I, I really think that's a possibility. Do you think there's a possibility that Simmons will be on the team if, if going into the playoffs? Like, is, is is there a chance that you think, like, how, how realistic do you think that is by, um, you know, by your account? If you're looking at this and from what you're hearing, um, you know, just based off of, of people, you know, around the, like the organization, is there a chance that Simmons plays this whole season out with the Sixers or is that just a pipe dream at this point? I would be surprised. Um, not like shocked, but I would be a little surprised because here, because I think one thing that's clear from, you know, reading all the tea leaves I've read is that, um, they're certainly open to trading them. <laughs> that that's, 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 you know, that that's out there. Like they're, they're open to moving on from him. So, and he clearly does not want to be here. And so with that understanding, um, I would imagine at some point, and we've discussed this before, that somebody's going to shake loose. Uh, maybe it's not any of the names that are obvious. Maybe it's not a Lillard or a Beal, but somebody else that, we're, that we can't even picture right now, um, you know, something happens like a, like a Toronto Raptors last year with Kyle Lowry ultimately didn't trade him, but clearly listened like, I could see a scenario like that playing out. And then if that is the case, you still have Ben Simmons and he's a really valuable. If he just improves, if he just goes out and does what regular season Ben Simmons does, um, that, that will boost his value just from a standpoint of, okay, like the last thing teams saw was not just him passing the ball to Matisse Thibel, like the last thing teams will have seen will be like, oh yeah, this is why Ben Simmons is a three-time All-Star and this is why he was a runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year. They're, they'll get reminded of that and that can only help his value. So I, I think, I I ultimately think he does get moved. I, I, I guess it's, again, I guess it's not impossible, but I, I have a hard time seeing him being here, you know, past the trade deadline. I, I would be pretty surprised. Yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked too at this point, just given every everything that's that's happened and we've seen. I don't think, see this being a long term play, but I do think Daryl and and his staff and and everybody in the Sixers front office are if if they're you know giving credit to um, giving credit to the report that we we saw earlier from Tom Moore. Um, you know, if that's the case, they're saying, hey, we expect you to show up and be a professional and 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 show up and play. I do think that's the the best case scenario for for the organization if they can't get. The appropriate deal which obviously we've seen for the last few months that they haven't had any sort of package to their liking one guy that and this did is be, and two sorry go ahead yes yeah, like this is like just real quick like this is all about like this is all the game right i mean this is ben simmons puts out his ben you know from ben simmons camp it's i want to trade and i'm, I'm going to sit out 
The Sixers response, uh, okay, sit out. <laughs> like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, this is the game that's played. So, um, ultimately, it could just be this is all – this is both sides just jockeying. And, it, again, it's like that – it's a game of chicken. And it's who's going to kind of move out – who's going to move out of the way first. And, and, and I think that's kind of what we're waiting for. And we're going to have our answers very, very soon. Thank God, Paul, we're going to get an answer soon. <laughs> Honestly, at this point. Thank you. Thank you, goodness. Hopefully, they give us an answer. Because at this point, even if, if Ben shows up – and he's on the opening day roster and he's suiting up and playing. At least that gives us, okay, you know, let's let's watch and see how he's fitting in. And, you know, we're both planning on being at training camp in a couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens there. But just when you're around the energy and you get to see how the players are interacting, I think that's going to give us a, a be a big indicator of what the long-term outlook is for Simmons in terms of, you know, is he going to be able to survive in, in, for a few months until they make a deal? Are things going to get so toxic that the Sixers are going to tell him to just stay home? You know, there's so many fascinating outcomes to this that i'm just looking forward to taking the first step which is is this guy going to show up or not you know what i mean yeah no 100 and you're right like we're going to get a really strong vibe i mean joel and b to his credit as a leader of this team has already said i want ben you know whether how genuine it is i'm not sure i i kind of actually think it is a little bit i, I think it is genuine um when he says i you know we're better together because it's true the numbers bear that out they are mm-hmm. better together than they are apart and if they're not going to get, you know, a guy like a Damian Lillard or a guy that can really elevate this team and really help Joel Embiid, I think Joel Embiid would welcome back Ben Simmons with open arms. I don't think it's – and I think – and honestly, Jess, I think every player on the team would. I don't think there's a player on this team that would get – that would be pissed off that Ben Simmons is back. I really don't. I, it, he's a mentor for a guy like Matisse Style, for a guy like Tyrese Maxey. Um, you know, he, he's been with Tobias Harris and he's been with those guys for a while. Like I, I, I like the only, like his issue is with the front office to me, at least, uh, mainly with the front office. And that's where I think like why I think he could potentially be okay being back with the team, because I think the players on the team will accept him back. I think doc rivers, would gladly take him back too, and Doc Rivers would be glad to have that aired out kind of discussion. I would imagine um, whether Ben's receptive to it. I think that's the bigger that's the bigger question. Well, that was just such a tough loss too. The way everything went, you know what I mean? Right. And, and I think the the emotions were high. Not an excuse. I you know I do think that that Doc should Doc pardon me not Doc but Doc, Doc should have been a little bit more uh, diplomatic when he was answering that question about, you know, if Simmons should be the, you know, can be the point guard. And I just think that you could see the loss really took a toll on everybody on the team. It took a loss on the fans and nobody expected that, you know, at the very least, given the fact that they they had the best record in the East, I think everybody was looking at it like this team is going to, you know, they got to avoid the two, three matchup against Milwaukee or Brooklyn in round two. And we're, you know, we're like, this is going to be a team that gets into the, at least the conference finals. And just like I said, the way it went down and the way things played out, it was, it, it, it took a toll on all those guys. And given what Joel's been through, you know, with the loss to, to the Raptors in, in 2019, with the heartbreaking way losing uh, in, in, in the bubble, you know, in 2020 and then, and going through this, I, I just think you could see the emotions and, and I just, I just think it got the better room. It should have been handled better all the way around. But I mean, given the circumstances now, at least we're coming to a place that we are going to hopefully get some sort of conclusion to this, at least in terms of whether Simmons is going to show up or not in, in the next you know, three or four weeks. We should have a clear answer of, of how things are going to start playing out as we get into October 20th. Uh, a couple more things to discuss, Paul, before we do wrap things up. Uh, a guy who's become available, the Houston Rockets working on uh, to find a potential trade partner for former All-Star John Wall. 
uh, Wall used to be one of the best point guards in the game. Didn't really experience a ton of postseason success. Not easy to do when you had LeBron James in your conference, but uh, averaged 20, 20.6, 6 uh, 6.9 assists for the Rockets. Only suited up in 40 games last season. I, you know, I wouldn't, I've, I've saw some people suggest maybe the Sixers should look into this. I wouldn't be a fan of that just given the injury history and the fact that he's due, you know, close to $92 million over the next two seasons. Um, what, anything you would be interested in about trying to get John Wall or is that a, a hard stay away from you? Well, first I would say to Raphael Stone and the Rockets, good luck trying to trade that yeah. contract because that's pretty, it's impossible. <laughs> like, I don't, like you can't even, like you can't even dump him in OKC because even they can't match that salary. Like they can't make it work. So, and then even the Sixers, you can't even, like if you wanted to do Ben Simmons for John Wall and a bunch of picks, you can't even do that. You have to include other players to make the salaries match up. So I I can't imagine a scenario where the Sixers trade. I can't imagine a scenario where anyone trades for him, let alone the Sixers. Now, I will say this. If it comes to a situation where somehow, some way, um, as you mentioned, it's an awful lot of money. So I don't know how a buyout agreement would even happen. Um, and we, we all know the, the owner of the Houston Rockets is a man who likes his money. So I don't imagine um, that's going to be a case where that's going to work itself out. But I think if that were to happen, if the Rockets ultimately buy him out, would I take a flyer? Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Why not? Uh, it's, it, it, it's a guy, like you mentioned, Jazz, it's a guy who is an, you know, multiple time all-star, one of the better point guards in the league when he was right. You can't go into it expecting that player. And I don't think you're going to be, you're not going to be paying him like that kind of player if he winds up getting bought out. So, but as a guy who is a traditional point guard who can run an offense, who um, can create off the dribble, can create off the bounce, um, was still good in transition, even though, again, he's not the guy he was after, you know, Achilles and, and leg injuries that he suffered. Not the same guy he once was, but still still pretty fast and still really good in transition. Um, So, and, you know, I think the shooting numbers were bad last year, but I think a lot of that is he's playing on a, playing on an awful Houston Rockets team and just not getting the looks that he was used to. So you put him here and he's got, you know, if Ben Simmons is still here, if Joel Embiid, you know, Joel Embiid will be here, Tobias Harris will be here. How much that could open up the floor for John Wall could ultimately make him a much, you know, can maybe, Again, not be the guy he was, but maybe make him something resembling that, and and just having that veteran presence at a as a point guard, I think, could be valuable. Now, with that, you might be taking away minutes from a young guy, like a guy like a Tyrese Maxey, and, and do you want to jeopardize that? Could you play them together? Maybe. Um, so it's it's a little bit dicey, but I would say trade is is damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is a buyout situation though, I would, I would explore it. I, I think it's 100% worth exploring. Um, but I think it depends on how they view, I guess, how they view Tyrese Maxey this year. Like is Tyrese Maxey a guy that they think is going to play 30 minutes a night? Is he going to play 25 minutes a night? Is he going to be closer to 20? Um, depending on how you view him and depending on what John will, John wall is willing to accept. Like if it doesn't work out, like, you know, and if he, if he, if he signs here and, he's not maybe getting the minutes he would like, uh, or, you know, he's not playing up to the level that the Sixers would have hoped. Is he okay taking a backseat to a guy like Maxi? Like, you know, is it depends on what's, what else is out there for him. So um, yeah, the long and short no to a trade, but if a buyout happens, I I'd certainly do my due diligence. 
you know what, Paul, just give us players that actually want to be there and are going to just shut up and do the role <laughs> that they're going to be given. Okay. Cause we, we've had to deal with this now since, <laughs> since, uh, since this game seven loss, but uh, you know, I'm with you when I, when I heard John wall was like, you know, the first that I saw of it, you know, that I saw that this is what the, from the tweet that I saw pop up in my notifications from Shams, basically saying the Rockets and John wall are working together to find a, a, a trade partner. But I, I, I thought the exact same thing you did. Like, Hey, if, if he becomes available through a buyout, which they're saying doesn't look like it's going to be an option at this point. But um, you know, if you, if you're looking at that, yeah, John Wall is a guy who brings exactly what the team struggled to do last season, which is get some penetration and get some scoring from, from the backcourt. Uh, do you want him out there for 30 minutes a night? Probably not. But if you can get him out there for 10, 15 minutes a game or 20 minutes a game, and he could, you know, go off in one playoff uh, matchup, which he has, the, he has the potential to do. And again, finding the right fit when you have guys like Maxi coming up, uh, who who are looking to take a step in their development, it, it's it's an interesting fit. I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. If it came up to you know giving it a, a trade or having to give up any assets, I wouldn't do that from a Sixers perspective. But again, if he becomes available for a veteran's minimum contract, whatever it is, and you can get him in there, by all means, explore that. Now, before we wrap things up, Paul, we are trying to build a building out our network at Liberty Ballers. We got you know shows coming at you pretty much all five days a week. We're adding another one to the rotation. What's going on with that? Yeah, we sure are. So uh, for those who have followed me throughout my uh, journalistic career, I launched a podcast last year called Coming In for a Landing, which Sixers fans know is a catchphrase of the great Mark Zumoff, who uh, sadly, selfishly sadly, has retired. But I'm happy for him and and him getting to enjoy some more time with his family. Uh, He gave me his blessing to uh, take that name. So I was very, uh, he's a great dude. And he was on the podcast before. But yeah, so I am, I guess, relaunching it under the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, and I am really, really excited to do it. Um, Jazz, is something you and I have been talking about me doing basically since both of us started, that I definitely wanted to do my own podcast. And yeah, I, I, I'm going to you know keep bringing the analysis that I bring on here, but then also I, I've met a lot of really great people and a lot of really smart basketball people, and I intend to bring on plenty of guests and do it at least once a week. And I'm very excited. And Jazz, I'm very excited too that I have someone like you who's able to edit it and get it distributed for me because I really didn't enjoy doing that when, when I was doing it by myself. I'm glad. I'm so, glad I could be of service, Paul. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. So I'm very appreciative to have you in the fold as I'm sure all of our, uh, all of our podcast folks are at Liberty Baller. So yeah, super pumped about coming in for a landing and next week uh, we're going to roll it out and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and and you know we're looking forward to ha- having you on the network too. I think the the, the job you've done since since kind of t- you know taking over a lead producer role at Liberty Ballers has been great. You're well connected in in the Philadelphia market, so um, this is a big thing for us. And and I'm sure we'll be hopping on with each other. And and, and just for the listeners, so you all know, uh, we're going to be doing some live stuff, whether that's on YouTube, on on Spotify, Green Room. Uh, we'll be doing some Twitter Spaces throughout the season. So don't don't forget to uh, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. And of course, we'll have you updated throughout the season at libertyballers.com. That does it for this episode. We'll talk to you all next time.